I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's talk, though, as we usually do on Monday with Jeffrey Essery. He covers the Denver Broncos. Uh, for milehighreport.com. Jeffrey, good morning. Uh, that was a tough one last night, or I should say yesterday, as the Broncos get outscored 27-3 to in the second half and lose to the Vikings in the end. Yeah, good morning, Ross. It's just part of the roller coaster of being a Broncos fan, it seems like. <laughs> and this I, is... I thought about texting you during the game. I thought, boy, we're going to have a lot of fun to talk about this tomorrow. I'm so glad I did, and I would have had to eat my words. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the that's kind of the tough thing is that first half is you know fans are starting to kind of look around and go, oh man, like we'd have been doing this a little bit earlier in the season, we might have had a different outcome to the season. But um, you know they they came out and looked really good in the first half, and so at least there's some progress there. How much credit do you give that to maybe Minnesota overlooking this game a little bit, at least in the first half, if at all? Yeah, I think so. And obviously Minnesota made a ton of mistakes too in that first half. Um, I mean, you look at that ending sequence at the end of the first half, they Denver causes a strip sack and then they fumble the ensuing kickoff. And really Minnesota got lucky that Denver didn't convert as many, um, you know, they just traded field goals instead of um, coming away with touchdowns in those areas. And so Minnesota got a little lucky because it, it seemed like they were trying to give the game away. And I think to your point, maybe they were overlooking it a little bit. I remember listening to the pregame show with uh, Dave Logan on the Broncos Red Network. They were talking about how, um, hey, you know, the hopefully the Broncos aren't thinking like the rest of the world is thinking that they should be booking their tea times and getting ready for uh, the offseason because they have no chance. And they came out and played so, so well and lead 20 to nothing at half. What happened in the second half? What was different? 
Well, I think Minnesota did a really good job of adjusting on offense. Um, and you look at this Dick Fangio defense, and if you're looking at a way to attack them, you know, um, they did a good job stopping the run really pretty much all game. Um, and they've done that all season aside from, you know, a game or two here, that big game in Jacksonville ever since then. You know, the defense has been really stout on the front seven, even due to injuries. But you look at that secondary, and they've just been decimated by injuries. You know, Bryce Callahan now going on injured reserve, didn't play any this season. Um, and so the cornerback situation is really thin for Denver. And so, you know, what do you do? You get them in no huddle and you get them to have to communicate really quickly and you have to have young players be all on the same page. And they weren't, um, you know, it's a, it's a new defense and you've got guys that really just came in off the street in Duke Dawson and Devontae Harris, you know, haven't been on the team very long. And so Minnesota did a really good job adjusting and going no huddle and, you know, Kirk Cousins played really well. And so, um, a couple busted coverages here and there, and they ended up with big plays, you know, that big 54-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Um, Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris were talking about it after the game, and it was really, um, you know, Harris was in coverage, but Jackson was supposed to be there rotating over for safety help, and Harris was expecting him. And so it was, it was a miscommunication, and, you know, those kind of plays is what Denver couldn't give up um, if they were going to try to win this game. And so good adjustment by Minnesota to really take advantage of and exploit, you know, Denver's defensive weaknesses there in terms of the young players and communication. Jeffrey Esri is our guest here. He writes for MileHighReport.com, talking Broncos 27-23 loss to the Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis after giving up 27, uh, practically getting outscored 27-3 in the second half and losing after leading 20 to nothing at halftime. One player that I was impressed with, I continue to be impressed with a little bit there, is Shelby Harris. He was dominant yesterday. Yeah, three sacks and got that strip sack. And, and really, um, Draymond Jones played well, too. He came in and got a sack. And, um, you know, that front seven's playing really good for Denver. And it looked like Mike Purcell was going to get hurt, um, or he, he did get hurt and ended up coming back in the game and continued to play at a high level. And so um, Denver's got some decisions to make there on the defensive line because Shelby Harris is coming up, you know, um, for a contract. And so they got to decide if, uh, they want to keep him or potentially extend Derek Wolf. maybe try to keep both of them. But, yeah, Harris is a guy that I had really high hopes for at the beginning of the season to kind of come in and um, fill that Akeem Hicks role in Dick Fangio's defense. And it hasn't panned out as much, but really over the last you know couple games, he's really come on and, and he was looking really good against Minnesota. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What do you think about this young receiving core? Uh, you know, guys that, I guess, I don't know if I'm too young, but, you know, they're kind of a no-name group to an extent. I feel like they've played better with Brandon Allen than maybe with prior quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. And I was talking about it with our some of our Mile High Report um, writers yesterday. You know, I mean, it, it's a tough loss. It's um, You're obviously disappointed, but there was, there was a lot of positives, especially in that first half. And one of those is that young receiving core. You get Tim Patrick back healthy, and he looked really good. 
And Cortland Sutton, of course, has just exploded onto the scene. And a lot of it is, you know, um, what you need for a young quarterback is they're big guys. If Tim Patrick and, you know, Sutton are those kind of, you know, big rebound guys that you can just throw it up to on the back end. And that's what a lot of those big plays that Denver had were. I mean, obviously, you know, good design and Allen was putting it in good spots in certain instances, but then some of it is just, it's excellent coverage and Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick are just winning on the outside. And that's what you need for a young quarterback. And so whether it's Allen in the next couple of games or we see Locke, you know, towards the end of the season, I think there's some really positive stuff to build on when you look at the big guys of Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Sutton. Um, I think people have been a little bit disappointed in Deshaun Hamilton because he's a kind of shifty slot guy who has shown really good route running ability, but hasn't been featured a ton in the offense. Um, but, you know, you've got some pieces, and then you add those in with the running backs, and it's a young, it's a good, young, solid offensive core. They really just need, you know, to be paired with a, some stable quarterback play. And, you know, Brandon Allen's played um, okay for for coming in um, kind of as green as he did, but, you know, 43% completion percentage in yesterday, and some of those he was bailed out even just by great plays by the receivers. And so you'd like to see what Locke can do in the next, um, you know, in a game or two for the back half of the season. Jeffrey Esri, our guest here from MileHighReport.com. A couple more for you, Jeffrey. How much of an impact will it be to have no Andy Janovich? That was a pretty nasty-looking injury yesterday. Yeah, that's tough to see because he was coming back, you know, he came back earlier in the season from an injury and really kind of um, was a kickstart to the run game a little bit and able to do leading the way for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and the way that Rich Scangarello uses him um, is similar to how Kyle Shanahan uses um, Kyle Juszczyk there in um, San Francisco. And, you know, he's one of the, to me, one of the top fullbacks in the, in the game. And so it's going to be tough to lose him. Um, and so they'll have to kind of rotate in. I think Beck's been playing um, some of that H-back fullback role a little bit when Janovich was hurt. And so they'll have to kind of fill the hole there, but hopefully he'll be okay. And, you know, he obviously just got a new contract. So uh, that's good for him to have that security and be back rehabbing with the team next year and hopefully be healthy and ready to go. But, yeah, it's tough to see Final question for you before we let you go. Broncos uh, will be at the Bills. Uh, how long? We've had this discussion before, but how much longer do you think they hang with Brent Allen before testing the waters with Drew Locke? I think it's going to be one more game. I think you'll still see Brandon Allen out there next game um, against the Bills, and obviously, you know that could change based on the results from yesterday. Um, but it seems like their plan all along has been to have Drew Locke start against the Chargers at home and so I think you'll see him in two weeks um, and the Bills will be an interesting test because it, it, it's kind of interesting Denver is you know playing against these quarterbacks that they potentially could have had throughout the last couple of years um, you know Kirk Cousins they obviously went after in a little bit in free agency about a season and a half ago in the 2018 offseason Josh Allen is a guy that they potentially, you know, could have had in that um, 2018 draft and were reportedly high on, but then they ended up drafting Bradley Chubb, which I think was the right call. But it'll be an interesting thing over the next, you know, couple weeks as Denver kind of faces these teams that do have their quarterback situation figured out and kind of showing Denver, like Minnesota did, what you can do 
when you have your quarterback situation stabilized, you can come back from, you know, down 20 points and um, with the things that Kirk Cousins did. And I think Josh Allen will play well as well. Denver will have a, a tough test there. But I think we'll, we'll get through that kind of segment of the, the road stretch that Denver had. Um, and then we'll see Drew Locke for the last four or five games of the season. And I think they just kind of want to see what they have in him. Great stuff as always. He's Jeffrey Essery, covers the Broncos for MileHighReport.com. Jeffrey, thank you so much as always for your time. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Rob. Take care.